Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody. I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the king of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Lou Gowen. Support Wrestle Talk. Whatever Wrestle Talk is and whoever Lou Gowen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. But you really should support Wrestle Talk and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ali told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ali. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast. I am Luke Cohen and I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake. All right, mate. Hello, mate. All right. How's all it going? Good, mate. What a busy little day we have had. Yeah, we've had quite a, quite a busy one, really. Considering yeah. we've not actually recorded the normal things we record. Yeah, right. Sort of twist. We tried to twist it to make it quicker and it didn't work. Yeah, so I think we, we talk about it in the show uh, a little bit, but it's Laurie and I today because Ollie is not here today. He's doing business, business, business type things. And poor... Chopper Pete Quinnell is under the weather. Mm. He's not been feeling great all week. Like, he's not been sleeping a lot, but apparently last night was really bad. Like, when I woke up to lots of messages from him on WhatsApp that were sent at ungodly hours of the morning. And, yeah, so he's not well. So it's just me and Laurie. On his birthday as well. On his birthday. It's just me and Laurie in the office. That's the Mm. second Friday in a row. It's just Mm. me and me. And, yeah, so... No crap gimmicks again this week, just because we haven't got time to to really do them, because we had to do the, the news and Screen Stalker and this video and all of the other usual content. I've got to try and throw out Pete's weekend video. Goodness me. Goodness me, indeed. Um, but yeah, it's a busy, busy day for us, but what's your weekend looking like? Uh, I'm going to a wedding. When aren't you going to oh, a wedding? I'm so fed up of weddings, honestly. <laughs> like, lo- I love it. Like, it's like, yeah, great. You're in love, whatever. I'm over it. Uh <laughs> It's costing me a fortune. It's costing me a fortune. I want to stay at home for a weekend. That would be lovely. So if you could all not get married anymore, or stay married when you've got it. (laughs) I don't know. I just think, I think the, there was an interesting article about this uh, a while ago that said like, obviously everyone was saying that avocado on toast was the thing that's killing millennials. Mm. Um just to t- financially killing us, obviously. They uh, are very, avocados are very expensive. They are like, expensive. It's why we can't buy houses. No, it's weddings <laughs> is why we can't buy houses, Luke. It's because every millennial person seemingly has 
so many more friends because of social media and move and job mobility and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, if you have five jobs by the time you're 29, you're going to have five lots of workmates who are all going to get married. And if you stayed in touch, you're probably going to get an invite. You'll have all your friends from university. You'll have all your friends from home. Everyone gets married around the same five years. So you just end up going to back-to-back weddings and being like, well, I've that's another lot of money I don't get back. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Like weddings, wed- And also, weddings are nice. They are really nice, but they are the same. <laughs> All wet, like they, they they run the same. The the all like the order of running things is the same. That you hit the same beats. It's like watching the same TV program but with different actors. It's like when Motown was just doing the same singles for like years, but with different acts singing the song. But they're all fundamentally the same. Doesn't matter if it was the Supremes or the Four <laughs> Tops doing it. It's the same damn song. Well, I love a wedding. <laughs> I'd, go, I'd go to one every week if I could. No, you, love would, you wouldn't. I bloody would. I love bloody it. wouldn't. I haven't said that. I remember um, he, uh, your friend of mine, Tim, he had a period of time, it was a couple of years ago, where he did um, four weddings in four weekends. Did he do a funeral at the end? Well, no, well, that's, that was what he was a bit concerned about. I think that was the joke that everyone mm. was saying. But yeah, it just so happened that he had four weekends where he had to w- go to a wedding. And I saw him at the fourth one and he said, yeah, I've done three weddings for the past three weeks. He goes, I had to buy a new suit because I was so sick of wearing the same, the same thing. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like your own personal Groundhog Day. It's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where everyone else is really happy and you're just... And you are happy, but you're also sat there going, like, I, I feel like I've done this. You're, you see, your error, Laurie, is you have too many friends. Like, you've just retained friends from various different I'm things. I'm trying to get rid of them, Lou. Retain- why, do you think why do you think I'm saying this on a, like a thing that goes out on the internet? So why that people did you can retain hear- all of those friends from clip, university? Clip you- this and tweet it, Luke, because I want so- people to know. You and my wife have such a large friendship group from university. I was, I was, I found it remarkable when I, I met you all. I was like, there's loads of you. How did this happen? Yeah, I, fortunately, I feel like we've run the course of that. Like, we've run that... Uh, Run that one into the ground. Yeah, so that's it. I've now gr- my friendship group has tripled in size because of my wife and because of you <laughs> and because of you all being friends from uni. Well, look, I had four friends before that. Point. Look, so the, the friends from university they could have all had the decency to marry them like within the group. Oh, yeah. That's what I, that's what I'm saying is that we could have cut down on the number of weddings. Everyone had the, the goddamn decency to marry within the group. Only two of them did it. Yeah, everyone exactly. else went further yeah, afield. Everyone else looked outside. I and mean, that means you've doubled the number of weddings I have to go to. Very inconsiderate. And now I can't buy a house. <laughs> Long story short. Like, I look back at the jobs that I've had since getting out of university, and there's only one job where I've retained, and it is those four friends that I mentioned that mm. I've retained from one of those jobs. Everything else, as soon as I'm out of that job, cut ties. The, as, apart from my last job I had, where I've retained one friend yeah. from there. And even then, we don't see each other very often, which actually I, I find quite upsetting. I do wish I could see him more. But I'm going to add him to five. Mm-hmm. Like, that I've, I've made from work-based things. Oh, and then I've loads. got you guys. I've got loads of random ones. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's one of those things where maybe the difference is, and you know, call me rude if you want to, <laughs> but is it okay to RSVP no? <laughs> 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 do you know what I mean? Like, can you RSVP no to a wedding with the uh, with the with the? the do you, I can't is, be bothered. Is, well, do, I, look, I can't remember all the uh, the bo- like the 
the forms and stuff like do you do forms or do, you, do people just email like uh we did ours through an online form yeah so online form cool. do you leave a box saying uh reason, reason. yeah I, I think there was Have a you got reason. a drop down <laughs> like busy yeah out of the country i think it just came saying i don't think it was just want to it was just sorry i cannot make it we not as good friends as you thought we were no, I, <laughs> I think we just had it as sorry i cannot make the wedding and then when people said they couldn't make it they would then message us to be like I'm very sorry, but this is the reason why I can't make the wedding. So maybe so I need to you make... You have the option to say no and not give a reason. Yeah. And just go quiet. That's harsh, isn't it? Well, I, I actually invited someone Imagine to my being wedding. ghosted by your wedding. So, so I've got no childhood friends. Mm. I've got no friends from school. I've got no friends from university that I've stayed in touch with. Just cut, cutting ties. Who's <laughs> cutting ties all over the place? I've got no friends from school. Um, I've got one... There was one person I was still talking to after university that mm. I went to school with. But even then, we basically lost touch. But I thought, I'm going to invite him to the wedding. So I reached out and I sent him an invite. And he just, and I know that he saw it and just didn't respond. Oh. <laughs> and that was it. And I was like, yep, that, that, that about sums that and up. And that's why you shouldn't do your, uh, your invites over WhatsApp. Because <laughs> then you get the blue ticks and then you know. I know, right? Yeah. But that's why I did it on purpose. Also, I didn't know what his email address was. I hadn't spoken to him for like five years at that point mm. yeah anyway that was that was this portion of the podcast <laughs> let's, let's talk about the fiend and brock lesnar shall we here is the show all the time in the world it is official it is going to be the fiend versus seth rollins at hell in a cell for the universal championship mm-hmm. big big time match i believe it's also inside hell in a cell as well so Big, big time match there. Gotta think, Fiend's gonna win. Yeah. On top of that, on this week's SmackDown, Brock Lesnar made his return to the company and through the medium of Paul Heyman, challenged current WWE champion Kofi Kingston to a match, not at Hell in a Cell, but on the first episode of SmackDown when it goes to Fox in a couple of weeks' time. So we are currently looking at a world in which in about two to three weeks' time, we could have The Fiend as the Universal Champion yep. and Brock Lesnar as the WWE Champion. Leading to Survivor Series. Champion versus Champion. If they're going to be doing the Raw versus SmackDown gimmick again, we could have a match between The Fiend and Brock Lesnar. I like it. Not convinced they'll book it the right way. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, completely convinced that they would let Brock win that. Uh, but if The Fiend won that, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that would be the best. That would be the best way to use. If if this is the avenue we're going to go down with this whole thing, that would be the best way to do it. And we, it's weird as well because very nearly a few years back, we nearly had Bray versus Brock at WrestleMania because mm. they had that whole segment in the Royal Rumble where the Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar was taking out the Wyatt family, and that was supposed to set up Brock versus Bray for Mania, but they went in a different direction. I can't quite remember the year though than what direction they went into. But this would be, I guess, a first-time match. But it's also the biggest character in the company, the most popular character in The Fiend, taking on the unstoppable force Mm -hmm. of Lesnar. It's a very difficult one to book. Yeah. The magical logic loophole, I would say, though, is that if The Fiend beats Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins slayed the beast. If The Fiend beats Seth Rollins, he's better than a beast slayer. Mm Mm-hmm. He's a double beast slayer. He's a double beast slayer. He's a beast, 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 beast slayer slayer. And also, he's also a monster slayer. Yeah, exactly. And therefore, he can then beat Brock I I'm unconvinced that they'll go with this yeah like I've said before but I think that would be the the best use of this if this is the outcome 
that's the best way to do it. It's a yeah, it's such a tricky one because it's you don't want to be jobbing out the fiend. No. Which is why I think the fiend winning at Hell in a Cell is the only answer. Yeah. But for me, like I, I, people have been sending in various different suggestions on how to get around this. And for me, there is but one answer, and that is the fiend wins. Yeah. I don't want Undertaker making an appearance so that Seth wins via Undertaker interference so the fiend can retire undertaker etc as, Under- as good a rub that is undertaker causes a dq inside of hell in a cell i don't want any of this I, and i don't want no contest so seth retains but mm-hmm. the fiend doesn't lose anything because for me fiend loses everything unless he wins yeah i think the fiend has to win it's probably a corner you shouldn't have booked yourself into well, isn't it yeah, i mean if you, if you didn't want to have seth lose so, i feel like they'll, they'll they'll be fine with seth losing I don't oh know. totally i think like go yeah. like this is a case of go with what's hot and the that's fiend exactly is yes. stratospherically hot it's like as much as they tried to light a fire under babyface rollins since the universal championship win i don't think it's come off the way they wanted it to no wasn't helped by some of his twitter antics but like overall he's not quite become the babyface champion people have wanted him to be. I think Seth's stone cold right now. Not stone cold as in Austin. I just mean he's stone cold in terms of heat. Like, yeah. I don't think he's not the over babyface he was last year. Yeah. Um, when they were pushing Roman as the title picture instead. So you're he's like, not Seth's even, a guy at, the, at that time. He's not even the over babyface he was when he won the championship That's true, and yeah. then lost it again. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, it, was that, it was that swerve to have him lose it again just to win it back so you could have a big another big moment of Seth winning. It's like, we, we did that. We did it at Mania. Months, months ago. A couple of months ago. It's like, this is it's stupid to have him lose it. We should have just had him run through a few people, rack up a few Slayer names, and then have one person beat him. Which would be the Which Fiend. Would be the Fiend. So, so yeah, so I, for my money, Fiend has to win at Hell in a Cell. I, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, gamble responsibly, when the fun stops, stops. If I was a betting man, come Fox, come October, mm-hmm. come SmackDown on Fox in October, Brock Lesnar's winning the title. Yep. He's beating Kofi Kingston. He's going to be Brock Lesnar, WWE champion. Just because you want to have a big story yep. from that show. Maybe the bigger story is that Kofi retains, but WWE have got a track record of liking to do title switches on these big shows, these sort of big debut shows. Yes. Yeah. To try and because a title switch feels like a really big deal. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar winning the WWE Championship on Fox, which they want to be the more sports orientated thing, they haven't got Ronda Rousey to give them like they promised. So the next best thing would be to give them Lesnar. Mm. It, for me, it almost makes sense that, and uh, as Ollie was saying in the SmackDown review, it's almost inevitable that Brock is going to win. Yeah. Well, I also think like that. Yeah, I think all the outside the kayfabe world stuff points to it. One, and I think if if the direction is to to do Universal Champion versus WWE Champion, Brock is a better choice if it's going to be the theme. The theme because the Fiend versus Kofi feels like a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. Fiend is winning that match hands down. I'm not sure about this. Like there is actually the bit of me that's like maybe the Fiend won't win. Yeah, but if the Fiend does win. That's amazing. I, If I was to fantasy book this, if I had booked myself into this corner like WWE might possibly have done, bearing in mind as well, none of this is a foregone conclusion. Mm. Like we are, this is purely speculation. It's it's just looking at the high likelihoods of things, the way things are going at the moment. We don't even know if they're going to do Raw versus SmackDown this year. Mm-hmm. But if they are in that match, here is how I would do it to make everyone look grand. You have Brock Lesnar make his entrance. He comes out. He's the WWE champion. Big Brock Lesnar. Dun, 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 dun. He walks down to the ring. Heyman's there. Da, 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 da. 
You then do the Fiend's entrance. Brock rolls out the ring while Fiend does his big entrance. He looks at that and be like, not having any part of this. Yeah. And just walks away. Not scared. He's just like, not having any part of this. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting in the ring with this him. This is silly. This is, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm not getting in the ring with him. Not, I'm not having it. And just walks away. And then the ref can count and do the count out. And Fiend can just stand there. He looks scary and intimidating. Brock looks smart because he's like, I'm not fighting him. Yeah. That's a, that's a ridiculous idea. Hmm. It, I mean, and maybe it makes Brock look bad. I don't know. I've literally just come up with this off the top of my head. As, I think it could, only it way could make it. Brock look bad. It could, yeah. I think you, yeah, right, you could also just do it to a no contest, that match. Like, you, as long as it's not like a stipulation match, you could just do it to a no contest. End it like NXT ended. Like, yeah. end it like these guys just go crazy on each other and, and brawl, brawl and they involve everyone. And that's how you close out your pay per view. Yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose you could With yeah, just like a no, like you know, of a raw versus SmackDown. And you could almost, have, and you know, you could almost, if if you wanted to, then build that into like this was the deciding match for the com- for like each side of things, mm. and you know, it's a draw up until now. This will be the decider, and then there is no decision, and then you can almost drag out the raw versus SmackDown thing to push viewers back and forth between USA and Fox for ages. That's true. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I think I think it'd be a cool build to this. Yeah, Firefly Funhouse will be a lot of fun. I want to see Firefly Funhouse at Bray talking to Paul Heyman. I want to see that happen because I yeah. think they will click. Well, I've, I think Ollie hit a, a great idea recently when someone was asking, can you see Becky Lynch appearing on Firefly Funhouse to build the Seth Rollins feud? But I, I like Ollie's idea better, which is you, no one, no other wrestler goes to Firefly Funhouse unless there's a puppet version of them. Yeah. So you'd have like a puppet version of Heyman for Bray to interact yes, with. Yes, yeah. And that's quite cool. I, I think that'd be yeah. really fun. Or it's, the, or it's the he's in the ring and yeah. Bray's talking to him from there. Like he did with Rollins yes, on this exactly, past Monday's yeah. Raw. Which the, worked. I liked that. Yeah. The other alternatives to this is that Fiend doesn't win, mm-hmm. but Brock still wins. That means we could be setting up a Survivor Series, Seth versus Brock for the third bloody time oh, this year. No. Or it could end up being Seth versus Kofi. Mm. Seth versus Kofi, I'm into. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm into that. I'm, in, yeah. I'm into that uh, than I am more Seth versus Brock. Yeah. I'm into Fiend versus Kofi as well. Yeah, as yeah, a, it's true. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, of all the options, Fiend versus Lesnar is like the one that's the most enticing because that's, the, that's got the most drama to it of like, what is going to happen? Yeah. Like, how could they do this? I think a lot of people will have fear. And I can almost predict there will be comments on this video saying, like, I don't want to see Fiends just get German suplexed around the ring and then beaten. Yeah. Because there is that fear. Well, that's... That they yeah. don't want to They don't want to make Lesnar look weak. But that's what so makes Lesnar it just exciting, wins. isn't it? It's like... I think that's the thing. It's like, it, with Seth and with Kofi, the, the logical bit of my brain says it's a foregone conclusion that the Fiend is going to win. I mean, they could swerve completely and have, if it was Kofi, have Kofi win. That's that'd, it, yeah. That'd be nuts. Yeah. But uh, I I feel like going into the Brock, like a Brock match, is just there's just so many more stakes there. Yeah, it's just absolutely. so much more options for things to, the story of it to play out differently. Because like, you have to like put yourself into WWE's head and be like, well, Brock's very strong. Yeah. And he can't just be like manhandled by this guy even though this guy's a demon weird fiend thing that came from a man's imagination <laughs> whereas it's like Kofi he's happy go lucky yeah. he can get trounced by a monster exactly. throws pancakes at people yeah, yeah, exactly. and then gets you know mandible clawed yeah it, yeah Brock sorry yeah fiend versus Kofi 
does have a lot of intrigue about it. Mm. I kind of like that idea. It seems like the more sensible option, but the more enticing option for me is certainly Fiend versus Brock. Well, because you, do you know what? The one, the the fun thing with the Fiend versus Kofi that you can do is you can put Kofi back into the role that made Kofi the champion. You can put Kofi back into the 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 ever underdog. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. That, you know, he's. And they've still they've clearly still been trying to recapture that magic. That's why whenever Kofi comes out, he still talks about how it was eleven years, years before he making, won. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> like you've won now, mate. Champ. Stop it. Get over it. Yeah, but the, you know, you can you can put him back in that sort of like fighting spirit side of him and you can be like well I'm not gonna bow to this guy I'm I'm all about this guy's trying to scare me and he's trying to take my friends away yeah, and he's trying to intimidated. intimidate me I'm all about the power of positivity and I'm yep. all about defending this belt and the honour that comes with this that's cool it's cool man jewellery isn't a gift you give just once It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome Pledge Hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount and leave a comment in the community section. Do not email me. I will just lose it. Everyone is doing very, very well at just leaving those comments in the lovely old little community section Mm -hmm. where I can find them. That's it. I can find them and I can catalogue them. Like this chap here. Shea has said, Hello, Ollie, Luke, and Laurie. With AEW and NXT going head-to-head in competition on Wednesday night, does this mean that companies like Impact and New Japan won't get any attention uh, they healthily deserve? And who do you see from Impact and New Japan going to either AEW or WWE? Love the great work you guys do. That's a very contradictory question. 
Mm. Because the question there is, will New Japan and Impact be forgotten about because of AEW and NXT? But which of those stars do you want to see go to those companies mm. and ignore what's going on over here? Um, Impact and New Japan will still get coverage on this channel. Absolutely. Of course they will. Yeah. I th- and I think wider people are still into Oh, totally. The people yeah. who are into New Japan are into New Japan. Like. And the people who are into Impact are going to be th- with Impact through and through. I mean, there are people who have seen that company through some dark, dark times yeah. and have stuck with it. Well, and also the move that, to access is only going to put them in more homes and exactly. get, bring them out to more people. So it, it could actually be more beneficial to them for NXT and AEW to be on Wednesday nights and yep. bring wrestling. Like, wrestling now is starting to feel like a wider ocean rather mm-hmm. than a pond with one big off with like big massive fish goose. in it going yeah a goose yeah uh we've been playing our <laughs> <Yeah>. goose game. <laughs> um but uh yeah like it it just makes wrestling feel like it's this thing that you need to have all of this knowledge of so people will be looking for impact in new japan yeah. to 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 get their fix and in answer your question, um, who would I like to see from Impact or New Japan go to either AEW, WWE, Sammy Callahan to oh. uh, to AEW. Thank you very much, Sammy Callahan to NXT. He's already done that. Yeah, one, I know, though. but I want it as like a, like proper Sammy, like Sammy not, Callahan, not Solomon Crow. Yeah, I want it like this is what I should have been. Yeah, totally. Or Juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or Juice. Uh, never go back. Anthony James said, actually, another one, Will Ospreay in AEW as well. Oh, Will Ospreay, love him. Anthony I mean, James, WWE. Anthony James says, uh, "Hey guys, keep up the good work. I came across an old Cyber Sunday pay per view on the network this week, and I really enjoyed it. Pretty much forgot they did these shows. After giving this some thought, I can't believe they haven't brought this pay per view back, or even one similar with a different name. As I think this day and age of the internet and social media, it's bigger than ever. And WWE have a lot of followers on Twitter and YouTube and other platforms, as well as uh, the wrestlers having thousands of followers themselves. Would you like to see this kind of pay per view come back once a year?" and put the choice into the audience hand which is pretty much what Vince and the rest of the family said would happen back when Raw uh, back on Raw which never materialized well fun fact for you a lot of those numbers were effectively staged <laughs> you know just fudged ah, we because love, it's wrestling and it love a number fudge some of them were genuine because there was that period in time where they were really building towards a certain match i think it was the tag feud i think it was like spirit squad versus Ric Flair and like the idea would be they were going to pick a Ric Flair's partner and there was like one partner they were really pushing everyone towards but they picked Roddy Piper hmm. and it was like oh now we've got to send Piper out there and Piper is in not in a good shape to, uh-huh. to win this at all. Do you think with these sorts of things uh, in the same way that they have to have on like uh, paid promotion stuff on TV you have to have the little paid promotion thing. Wrestling yeah. should have a little K yeah. for like if it's kayfabe or not. <laughs> So when someone's saying, like, there are 100,000 fans in the arena. Okay, Okay, babe. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I could certainly see uh, the Cyber Sunday model returning. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'd like it to return. It's not like I'm desperate to see it return. But I could certainly see it return. Um, Shea again says, um, since it doesn't look like there will be an evolution too, um, what... uh, if there were, what would be the main event? I think it would be a fatal four-way between the WWE horse women. I think they would, yeah. You've still got a couple of years of building pay-per-views around them. I think that's the Mania main event. I think that's the Mania main event next year is the four horsewomen. Oh, yeah, I would love that. That'd yeah, be great. I could and see then them that's do, yeah. when Ronda returns. Yeah, that and Rex House. Yeah, I would. I could see them doing. If they were to do an Evolution two, it would be a tag match, tag main event. Yeah. Bailey and Banks versus Charlotte and Becky. I know they've done that on TV, but you do that on a full like pay-per-view scenario. Yeah, and you you do a stipulation probably. Yeah, you as do well. a stipulation yeah. around it. Yeah. 
Um, let's have another question from Joe, who says, uh, Hi there, Wrestle Talk, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Pete, and SoCal Val. Um, this is quite a... Oh, my God, this is a very long question. But it's, um, it's actually about the IWGP thing we were talking about last week with Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure we can read all of this out, unfortunately, Joe, because that is a lot to do, and we don't have a, all the time in the world to do it. I'll try and do it as quickly as I can. Um, Brock Lesnar won the IWGP title in 2005 uh, when uh, money was in negotiations, blah, 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 blah. Um, Brock spoke about this in his book. Actually, you know what? I, I wish we could go through this, but we just do not have time. It's basically, yeah, Lesnar was stripped of the title. Um, crikey. It's a potted history. It's a potted, potted history. Is there a question? There is no, but there, I don't think there is a question at the end of it. Oh, no, I can turn this into a mailbag question. Can you think of any other straight or stolen title or title of unification stories from wrestling history? We've just had one with Chris Jericho's lost stolen AEW championship. Keep up the great work. Obviously, the best wrestling podcast and YouTube channel out there. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. I'm so sorry I couldn't read out that question in full or the, the story in full. Um, one I remember, a stolen championship thing I remember recently was the LAX versus the OG LAX stuff that Impact were doing, where they mm. spray painted the belts. Yes, that was good. That was good. Yeah, I think in like in real life, sort of title unification stuff. There was that one with um, Sexy Star um, in AAA. There was some like controversy around that. I can't quite remember the story. That was when I first joined. It was one of my first big stories I had to do. I remember to dive a lot into the research. It was a couple of years ago now. I can't quite remember the the ups and downs of it. Um, let's have a question uh, from Shea, who says, when Orange Cassidy joined AEW, people said, why are you hiring him? Uh, people said the show is going to be sports-based. There's uh, going to be a lot of um, the wins and loss records, etc. Not everything has to be sports-based. Most of the stuff is, what's your opinion? Basically, what's your opinion on Orange Cassidy and AEW? I like it. Yeah, we, I think we've talked about this uh, quite a length on previous shows. I'm, I'm a big fan of Orange Cassidy. Yeah. He is someone that you use sparingly. Yeah, you can't have him out on every show because the the joke can run old, but it still works. But you can have people like I think the people are getting too caught up on the sports presentation side of it, meaning the wrestling has to be sports. Like mm-hmm. the wrestling is going to have a sport ish presentation in which they might do, you know, like people like to do the Vaseline thing now. Yeah, and like check people's boots and all that kind of stuff, like that kind of aspect of it. But I think it's more in the the way in which the matches are told to you, the story of the matches, given and wins and losses. sports and the wins and losses, and that that kind of thing feeling like it's important. I feel like saying that was them basically just saying we're not going to do what WWE does and just be like, oh, he's come back, he's a monster, he should yeah. have a go. And whereas then you can you can build into feuds where it feels like, well, this person feels deserving yeah. of this title because they've got all these title yeah. wins or they've got all these wins under their belt, so they're sort of like they've moved up the ranks. Yeah, exactly. I like rankings. Yeah, I think yeah. rankings are fun. I like the you know a lot of the WWE games still have like rankings for the different titles and you can watch yourself work your way up to the number one mm-hmm. contendership. That's yeah. that's a lot of fun. And I think that Orange Cassidy can still work in that format. You just got to use him sparingly. Well, that's the thing. You could you could tell a story of Orange Cassidy not even wanting to rise up the ranks, <laughs> yeah. but he somehow does and he yeah. gets into the number one contendership spot and he's like, I don't, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scott asks uh, he says good evening gents uh, well it's evening there when he wrote this he's currently playing the Final Fantasy 8 remaster um, uh, while paying attention to Raw on my iPad as I was reliving being 15 again playing this game in the midst of the Monday Night Wars after WCW was more or less taking a dive I began to wonder what other wrestling boom e- uh, could there be 
another wrestling boom. This was very interesting. I brought this up, uh, this message up on a previous, um, I think it was on Raw's episode, because I think it's a very interesting point. I know there are a lot of hope on behalf of a lot of people that the emergence of AEW, but is this just a pipe dream? A failure to realize that the wrestling boom and what it really was. It had little or nothing to do with wrestling as a sport and more with doing pushing the limits on what was deemed acceptable storytelling. Austin swearing and drinking beer, the NWO's disrespect for authority, the gratuitous use of women's bodies. It was all a metamorphosis from the cartoon era that drew in a generation of fans growing up on South Park, Beavis and Butthead and The Simpsons. They were extremely edgy content at the time. My parents forebode me from watching them initially. I'm running out of characters, so is this just a mirage? Diehards looking for validation of the sport what we love or is good wrestling really going to attract more fans personally i think most lap fans were never there for the wrestling just the rebellious nature of the era Ooh. that is such a fascinating but the way wrestling to look was, at it but the wrestling was very different in that era anyway it was so barely any wrestling i think that's the thing is like there was a lot of story yeah. i think i think the the benefit of now is that you can you probably can have both I think NXT is quite a good example of being able to be like this is this is something that has good story, has good characters, but still manages to have really good wrestling matches in it. Like, mm. but I think Scott has got a, an interesting point there, and one that I do agree with that a mm. lot of the lapsed fans, those you know lapsed fans that people have always been trying to find back again, those six million people that were watching wrestling on Monday mm. nights, where have they all gone to? Most of them probably weren't interested in wrestling. They weren't entertained by the wrestling matches they just liked the characters and they just liked the characters doing the things the characters were doing because at the time tv was about the shock nature of things it was howard stern it was jerry springer it was Mm. south park and it was pushing the boundaries and so people were just part of that sort of rebellious spirit i think scott's got an excellent point there there was also a lot less to watch well, yeah, maybe. There's loads more to watch they would, You know, they were tuning in because they were like, oh, I hope I'll get to see Trish Stratus in her underwear this week. They're all Cockneys, obviously. Yeah. And But now, they're not going to look... <laughs> Fabulous. They're not going to watch now and be like, oh, I don't want to see them actually do some wrestle, though. I want to see them do, get in their underwear. I mean, we see comments from that. People's like, I hope they bring back bra and panties matches. That's what mm. real wrestling's about. I, yeah, I think it's... Um, to each their own. To each their own. I think uh, that's an excellent point, Scott. I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, that guy who wants to support says, Hello there, big brave boys. Now that the draft is coming back and hopefully an actual brand split, would you like to see WWE also bring back the brand-exclusive pay-per-views? Only this time, not to a month, because that was stupid. Have a great day. Keep on being happy. No. I would like to pay for you to, to remain a point at which all of WWE is the nexus of all of WWE. It's the where best of both can, worlds. Yeah, not I'm the best of all the worlds. Is yeah. what I want. <laughs> is uh, you know, it, it's because it wasn't just the best of both worlds recently, is it? It's because the cruiserweights have been on the pre-show. Oh it's yeah, three yeah. worlds. Yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't count. It, it does. <laughs> um, yeah, I I quite like the joint pay-per-views. It is one of those things where guys and girls get less time. Like I think when you are in the sort of brand exclusive periods more guys and more girls do get a chance to be featured on pay-per-views yeah. and things like that. The problem is, you also then get Baron Corbin versus Sami Zayn matches where you, sometimes when you're watching the brand exclusive pay-per-views, you're like, this just feels like an episode of the show. Yeah. It feels like an extended episode of SmackDown. I, th- I just think there should be more opportunity for feuds to spill across the brands. Like I- I've always thought it's silly that Survivor Series is the only time it's like, we well, do any of the people versus the other people thing. It's like, mm. Why wouldn't you do that all the time? Surely, like, that makes pay-per-views a proposition, like a selling point that mm-hmm. Raw and SmackDown aren't. There's a reason to buy into a pay-per-view because 
you can see people from here that you really like versus people from here that you really like, and that does that shouldn't happen on these shows. Yeah, I think that's I for me, I'd keep that only to one night a year. Mm. That's why I think Survivor Series can work. It's just what Survivor Series is lacking is a is stakes. Well, or, just or a point. Uh, uh, but the Burt Raw wins. Well, yeah, it's... My issue always with, with Survivor Series is that for four weeks, everyone on Raw and SmackDown cares about brand supremacy and brand loyalty. And then as soon as the show's over, they're like, no, nah, I don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, so it's, it's, I don't want to wear point, any more of these T-shirts. It's just a pointless four-week story. It's a distraction. Seth Rollins got a great T-shirt. Chopper Pete, number three fan, uh, says, what happens when The Fiend wins the titles? Uh, should he still attack other wrestlers? The champion is normally targeted, not the other way around. So essentially, what will you do with The Fiend once he wins the belt? God, I don't know. This is the thing. I, this is why I didn't want him to be in this title picture this, <laughs> yeah. this quickly. I felt like he was... He had a trajectory in something that he was doing, and now they've just gone, blah, 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 champion. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do with him now? If he wins, what are you going to do? What, who's he going to harass? I am... Uh, Bray Wyatt and The Fiend is an interesting character for me because this is the first time in, I don't know, a long, long time where I actually don't want to try and predict what's going to happen with Bray. Yeah. I don't want to think about what's next for The Fiend. I just want to see it happen. Yeah. I just want to have it washed all over me. I just want to let him in. I'm hoping, want, yeah. And I just want to like, every, I want to tune in every week and be like, oh man, I kind of wait to see what's going to happen next. As opposed to being like, I hope they do this or I think they should do this. Uh, yeah, I'm very interested. I think Bray's the sort of person who would have ideas of yeah. what he wants to do with this. And I'm hoping it makes sense because I just think at the moment, the, ch- the universal title doesn't feel like a goal that The Fiend or Bray Wyatt ever set out in front of them as like a thing yeah. they wanted to do. So it's like, to now just be in this match, it, it kind of just feels like, oh, this is just the company sticking their oar in now. And it's I think there's a difference between, because I'm sure some people could point out that Fox me we were fantasy booking and speculating in the first part of this show. But that is fantasy booking and speculation with facts that are being presented towards you. Well, I don't mm. want to be here saying like, well, I hope The Fiend feuds with The Undertaker. Well, I yeah. hope The Fiend feuds with Alistair Black. Well, I hope The Fiend feuds with this person. I'm like, I just want to see who they pick next. And then I want to start like speculating on that, that feud and that storyline. Um, Brandon asks, uh, he says, hello everyone, seeing Becky Lynch potentially moving back over to SmackDown, would that mean that Rollins is moving over too since they are engaged? Vince likes to keep couples together, so The Fiend winning the United title um, is confirmed at Hell in a Cell. P.S. Here is a compliment to everyone. Luke's tasty music is chef's kiss. Ollie's smile is infectious. Laurie's voice is soothing. Pete looks amazing for his age, having so many birthdays. And Randy, I said his name. But seriously, much love to you all. <laughs> well, thank you very, very much. And Randy. And Randy. So, yeah, so the question being, uh, with Becky Lynch probably moving over to SmackDown, will Seth go as well? Probably. I can see Rollins staying on Raw. Yeah, I, I mean... I think Raw still needs... Like, you can't just take everyone and put them on SmackDown. Yeah, I think, I think it's... Do you know what, like, Becky's going back... Yeah, Becky's going to SmackDown, sure, but... Hasn't stopped Becky being on SmackDown while she's on Raw now, has it? Yeah. It hasn't stopped, like, you know, I think they've got such a shallow pool of very high-tier female talent that they're going to have to rotate them round through the brands because people don't care about Lacey Evans. Yeah, or Naomi. Yeah, or Naomi. Or, like, Natalia, even. Yeah. Like, you know, someone who's got, like, at least a legacy that's relevant to yeah. wrestling fans, and they still can't make people be like, wow, I can! <laughs> Can't wait to see a Natalia match. Um, 
Martin, thank you very much for your... He sent in a very, very long fantasy booking uh, for The Fiend um, involving The Undertaker, shockingly enough. Uh, Dwayne says, uh, chop of the Saturday. Um, Ollie, if you are on the weekend ramble this week, I asked last week, um, who's the of Okay, so it's the same question he asked last week, but it's for Ollie. Ollie's not here again this week because Ollie doesn't care about the fans anymore. <laughs> Sold out. <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. Luke and Ollie are feuding. <laughs> Just a thing we do. It's yeah, fun. it's just a thing we do. Uh, Ollie Davis, number one fan and the best jobber in the world, uh, says, Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone from WrestleTalk. I just watched the SmackDown Live Wrestle Ramble. I have an idea I want to share with the world. You working towards a goal where you're going to put on your own wrestling show. If you do have your own wrestling show, segment idea, a wrestling wedding where Pete and his fiance get married. You let Vince Russo write the segment. Never too much bubbly for a wedding. We let Vince Russo do it. Hopefully Vince Russo hasn't seen Screen Grapple when we ask him. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously the wrestling show is still a little way off. You've got to reach our 1,500 um, patrons, mm-hmm. which we're not at yet. So I think when we do put on a show, it will be quite a straight-laced wrestling show. I don't know. Maybe we'll do a wedding, though. I wonder if we could talk Pete into doing the I wedding. I think we could there. at least do his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> As it will be his birthday that We day. could definitely get one of us ordained. And oh, yeah, and then yeah. officiate. I'll the do wedding. it myself. Yeah, I'll, d- I'll go and do it now. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing anything else this afternoon. Yep. <laughs> Captain of the Boogs Cruise, James J. Dillon, uh, has got uh, a fiend booking idea. Um, everyone's really into people it. Fancy booking fiend. it. People, and that's because the fiend's cool. Yeah. So I like that people are excited to fancy book ideas for him. So thank you very much for, for sending those in. We haven't really got time to read out fancy booking ideas. But you know what? Saying. Like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's funny that the fiend, the fiend did to Bray Wyatt is what the demon is to Finn Balor, and people weren't fantasy booking the demon yeah. to the same degree because the demon wasn't, it wasn't any different. It was, it yeah. was just Finn Balor in paint. That's because they turned it into a character which it didn't really need to be. That's a total. I think they should. I think they should have turned it into a character. No, but they should have made. They should have made it a proper character, like. No, they, yeah, I, I didn't get on board with it. I mean, granted, I mean, you're, you're right that they didn't think it through whatsoever. Yeah. But I also don't think it needs to be a character. Like, when he, when he was in NXT, I never saw him put out the face paint and be like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Mm. Why is he wearing face paint now? Because, as you say, he wasn't re- really wrestling any different. No, but just you just say it's like war paint then. You yeah. just go like, he, he wears this because it's... Exactly, it's the a dark big show. aspect of his personality. It's, it's a, big a big show. show. It doesn't need to be the demon. But if you are going to do the demon, make least, him a different guy. Yeah, well, like, exactly. Yeah, mate, don't just you can't just do the whole match doing this and be like, well, he's a different man now. Uh, Alex says, uh, "Great show, fellas." So, WTF have they done with Bobby Roode? It makes my pee boil because it's literally the easiest call-up to do. Just keep the exact same character he was in NXT. He's a legit main eventer. This has got a lot of explanation marks in it. As well. <laughs> he's very, very angry. Uh, I mean, his, his piss is boiling. That's how angry mm. he is. Um, that's all they had to do. It's so effing simple. How can someone get booked so effing poorly since stepping up to the main roster? He is the worst booked NXT call-up in history, and there is. Absolutely no way of him coming back. So my question to this: When is Chopper's real birthday? Don't know. It was. Um, yeah, it was a couple of. It was about. Oh, it was last remember. month, I think. Can't remember. Um, but seriously, discuss Bobby Roode. Um, I don't think he's the worst NXT call-up. No, it's weird. What's weird about Bobby Roode is he used, he was definitely the sort of person that you would you looked at him and you were like, surely Vince loves him. Like surely, <laughs> like. 
He's got a big entrance. He's quite an old school like wrestler, wrestler, wrestler. Yeah, I don't know why they haven't pushed him because that, that was the thing I didn't really get on with Bobby Roode in NXT. Like I liked the entrance. Oh no, I loved. I didn't him in think NXT. he was like as good a champion as all the other ones at that period mm. of time. So I was just like, I was sort of like, yeah. I loved him in NXT. I think in terms of like worst NXT call up, worst NXT call ups than Bobby Roode. Tyler Breeze is a really embarrassing one. Shinsuke Nakamura is someone you could have, you should have made a lot of money from. Like giving yeah. him the Royal Rumble win and then just doing nothing off the back of that, I think is a complete balls up. But yeah, well, like, and we're all discussing now. Go with what's hot. Yeah, there was nothing hotter than Shinsuke Nakamura at that moment in time when he lost to AJ. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, cool. And- Andrade, I think, is another one they completely dropped the ball with. Sanity. Completely dropped yeah. the ball with them. Big, I mean, big, there's a the list goes on. This goes it? on, it on, 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 on yeah. Finn Balor, they yeah, tried to pull the trigger on, failed, and then went. Ah, we'll never pull that again. Yeah, that D- clearly doesn't work. Damn you, shoulder separation. Mm. Uh, Chuck Turner says, "Chop of the morning, afternoon, evening, and night to you, fellas." With the possibility of the Fiend winning the Universal Championship and Brock Lesnar winning the WWE Championship, given how Lesnar's contract is set up with limited dates and one and. The way the Fiend's been booked, WWE have been basically hit the same way. My question is, do you think not having both top champions on the show every week will hurt the product or not? Thanks for a lovely time with the boys and have a hashtag little bit of the bubbly. So that's an interesting question because the Fiend has been kept off TV because they want to make him feel like a special attraction. So you're going to be keeping your universal champion off TV. Again, don't book into this corner. But also with Brock, he also, I mean, maybe he's got different dates now because of the Fox deal. But he's also not going to be featuring. So yeah, to Chuck's point, both titles are going to be disappeared. Well, disappeared. We're going to be. We're going to be gone. I no. I'll, I'll, you you go out. But but Bray can still appear. The Fiend doesn't have to appear, but Bray, Bray can, can still, still appear, appear. Yeah, and do all the Firefly Funhouse stuff. I I just the problem with Brock doing it. It was it was just a well. It's contracted. He doesn't really care. Mm. He doesn't really want to be the champion. They left it on him for too long. They dropped the ball massively on the Brock Lesnar thing, and that has tainted everyone's opinion of like the champion being unavailable. Yeah, I think sometimes champions should be unavailable. Like Adam Cole in NXT hasn't been on every NXT since he won the belt. In fact, it took him multiple weeks to come back to TV on NXT mm-hmm. to make an appearance, and they just did the uh, championship tour thing. Yeah, and then built a story out of that leading up to Takeover, and then. Did that decide a match? Totally, yeah. I know. I, I think you, you're right on that one. I think with with Lesnar as well, or rather with with Bray. Actually, no, no, sorry, sorry, with Lesnar. The problem with his title run was that when he wasn't there, there was like barely a mention of it. I mean, it, it felt like no one was really gunning for anything. There was no yeah. one gunning for a number one contendership. There was no one trying to get Lesnar back. It was just he's gone, so we're just going to do different. Well, then they overcorrect, and then they overcorrected by having everyone go, "Oh, Lesnar's not, not here." here. Yeah. Oh, typical Lesnar's not here. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, well, don't like, don't say that. But you can have people feuding over the number one contendership, and then be like, "Well, Brock only has big money matches. Film some things with Brock when he comes in for the day. Yeah, like, exactly. Do more you know, with him. Film a couple of sit down interviews that be like, "I'm not coming in until mm. you found someone who's worthy of having a match with me." Make it feel like he cares, even though he doesn't. Ryan B. Bad says, um, "I'll play devil's advocate for a second. AJ squashing Cedric Alexander at Clash of Champions was the right move." 
controversial. Hear me out with this. Even though I do agree that Cedric deserves better than that, it was it was the right move for AJ. He is arguably your top heel on Raw and the second most meaningful men's title on Raw. You need to make him look like a top bill star and a credible challenger for the Universal Championship down the road. You do that by beating lower card guys in a somewhat dominant fashion and for better or worse, Cedric is nowhere near AJ's level on Raw yet. He's only got his title shot because he pinned the champ in a 10-man tag, something you uh, always say is a bad way of booking a title shot. Would you rather diminish your top heel to make Cedric look good in defeat or continue to make AJ as a credible threat down the line? You can have it both ways. Yeah. AJ still... Because AJ's AJ. He's always going to seem like a top title contender. Mm. If he dropped the US title and then the next week said, I'm going after the Universal Championship, you'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. You wouldn't say like... if you want Mr. Styles. (laughs) Exactly. You wouldn't look at me like, oh, well, but you did make... You did make Cedric look good in that one match. So... I, I think you can definitely have it both ways. I think is the problem is they've not quite decided with Cedric what they're doing with him. Oh, burying like, him. That's the decision. Well, that's, <laughs> the, yeah, but that's the thing is they're burying him now, but then a week before they were building him, and a week before that they were building him weirdly, mm. and then they were building him even more weirdly, and then they weren't doing anything with him. So it's that sort of... It's the trajectory of the story. It's like it's fine if you want to break Cedric all the way down and then build him back up later because you want to just like bury him as part of the story but just burying him because Vince has turned around and gone oh, bury him don't like him I don't like him bury him yeah that's, he's a dream he had a dog yeah that's that's why it's just you know you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that yeah I think you can have it both ways. Uh, Blake Lloyd says, WWE have booked themselves into a bigger corner. Um, Talking actually of Brock Lesnar versus The Fiend. Um, I cannot see Vince having Brock lose to anyone for a while when he's going to be the top star of SmackDown on Fox. That's actually a very interesting point to the conversation is SmackDown is going to be the bigger show. Mm -hmm. Like legit, it's going to be the bigger Mm -hmm. show. Michael Cole is going to be announcing it. So clearly they think it's going to be the A show on the bigger channel. It's going to be drawing in the bigger audience. So yeah, you don't want Brock losing at all or Mm -hmm. looking pants. Mm -hmm. Don't put the match. That's what I say. Well, yep. Um, This comes in from uh, Chris, who says, you mentioned that someone theorized that WWE was only popular in the 90s because it was shock TV. Going back to Scott's earlier points. I believe the popularity was deeper than that. The mindset in the 90s was counterculture and anti-establishment, especially in America after the Cold War. Everything from movies to music was counterculture, with films like Fight Club and American Beauty basically telling you that the worst thing in the world was to be stuck behind a desk in a capitalist world. Still true to this day. Um, apart from Fight Club, you've got to remember that Tyler Durden is not the hero of that movie. <laughs> Very important to remember mm-hmm. that he's not the hero. Uh, brief history and sociology lecture aside, I've read that Austin versus McMahon feud got over as successfully as it did because it was booked in the right decade. Everyone, including Austin himself, has said that everyone watching back then wants to beat up their boss. WWE have convinced themselves that's a timeless storyline that they can use to get everyone over. Remember Roman versus McMahon. But the mindset of a 21st century is less counterculture and so the evil boss storyline doesn't quite ring as true as it did 20 years ago my question if i'm even uh, asking one at this point is do you agree that the baby face standing up to the evil boss storyline has become outdated even when booked well absolutely because yeah. owens versus mcmahon has gotten over like a fart in a church they would do better off uh doing owens joins shame mcmahon's startup <laughs> and then it, it all goes badly yeah. and shame mcmahon uh, takes his shares. Yeah, but you are right that, that Vince is because Austin versus Vince was the biggest story they've ever done ever. That they're like, well, we'll just do that again because clearly 
I can get people over as a heel, or a McMahon can get someone over a heel. So we'll do Daniel Bryan versus McMahon's in the you know form of Triple H. Mm -hmm. We'll do Roman versus Vince. We'll do Owens versus Shane. It's just that's their template stuff. Yeah. But it has never got over to the point that Austin did. Well, because they've, they've, it was done at the right time. And, and they've confused authority figure with McMahon. Well, yeah. And it, that's the you know I think that's the other thing. It's like it was, it wasn't just Mr. McMahon was a, an amazing character. It mm. was like. It was just he happened to be a boss. Yeah. And Austin happened to be a kind of once-in-a-lifetime talent. 100%, yeah. Uh, Martin says, Hi, guys, I've got two questions for you. Do you think that Bischoff is telling people to feed Dave false info to prove a point and validate his podcast? Dave's two faux pas have both been SmackDown-related. Also, Luke, what did you think of progress at Ali Pally? I think that's absolutely on the... 100%. Mm -hmm. I think that's been the goal since they started in the Pritchard podcast. It's to feed... It's to make Meltzer look uncredible mm -hmm. so they can then say he's reporting things wrong and people will stop listening to what he has to say even when he has been reporting things very very correctly for many many years for many you know for 60 years you yeah. know it's, and it's it's unden you cannot deny that Meltzer is a credible journalist like it, to this point if you are still at this point where you're like Meltzer makes everything up you're lying to yourself but I think that they have had a very, very smart business plan of feeding him false information, getting multiple people to feed him the same false information so that he is corroborating with his sources to then print out falsehoods. And then they can point to him and say, look, I told you he's making everything up. Yeah, but also it's not like it's not Dave Meltzer going, I have dug in and like mm. got these documents and found this information out. He's going, people said this stuff about the story from having heard this story or whatever from someone else. It's like, it's all Chinese whispers. Yeah. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. not, that's what the wrestling business is, basically. Yeah. People in a room go, should we do this idea? And someone goes, yeah, okay, they're talking about this idea. And he's like, okay, cool. That could change in the time that you've had the conversation, the time you've printed the thing or said the thing out loud. So, And in a world like WWE where things change on a dime anyway, mm. like according to like the Luke Harper For story. For no reason. <laughs> the Luke Harper story apparently is that it was Friday he was told, oh, you need to come to Clash of Champions. Which, you know, was like, yeah. and, and it was Thursday that Meltzer reported that they had no interest in bringing Harper back. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a bizarre, bizarre world that is almost impossible to report on anyway. Yeah. It's because um, they were like, how do we make Roman lose? It's got to be two guys. But I am, um, I mean, I, I, I find the Pritchard and, I, Pritchard, I think, is the best for it because Bischoff is just outright. Now he makes everything up. Mm. The, the death of WCW, despite the fact that everyone else who's worked for WCW has corroborated the stories from the death of WCW, Bischoff is still there going like, no, it's all made up lies. Mm. But Pritchard has got my, I think he's the funniest one at doing it because Conrad will read a segment from a, a, you know, the Wrestling Observer 20 years ago and Pritchard will say, this was right, this was right, this was right, this was right, this was right. He made this thing up. He makes up 100% of his stories. It <laughs> 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 doesn't work, mate. You no. literally just agreed with everything that was written down and then said but that one thing was wrong so he makes up everything yeah well clearly he doesn't <laughs> no he's and also works in a in an industry in which rumor is all you have yeah especially at that time when everyone yeah. everyone was just lying to the fans lying to everyone else yeah uh, Dan, the mayor of Paintsville, um, says, Hello, WrestleTalk. Any chance that you guys could move the NXT Ramble to Fridays? Because then the international audience would also have seen it on the WWE Network rather than the USA Network. So we sort of discussed this on the NXT podcast. Oh, actually, I didn't answer the other question about what I think of Ali Pally. Um, if you go back and listen to the progress, oh, sorry, the progress, the NXT podcast we did this week i went into some details on there i don't want to go into too many details because i don't want to give away spoilers i don't think the show's aired yet mm -hmm. on, on demand progress 
Suffice to say, I had a lot of fun. And I very, very much enjoyed myself at the show. The rumble was one of the funnest rumbles I've ever seen in my life. I was crying with laughter at two different points. <laughs> I had popped so loud for one of the entrance towards the end. I, the, the crowd erupted. It was just absolutely wonderful. I've seen the clip on Twitter. Oh, my God. So it was good. so good. Um, but I think uh, some of the other matches I... Yeah, it was a good show. I very much enjoyed it. Very angle-heavy, I would say. Um, but back to Dan's question about moving the NXT Ramble to Fridays. The problem, Dan, is that you are right. By Thursday, the whole world will have seen the two-hour version. Mm-hmm. However, the majority of our audience, like 60%, 70%, is American. Yeah. And so we almost have to serve the higher master. We are racing everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. Um, you could always th- just watch it on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to just watch, just don't watch it live. Hey. Yeah. Lorenzo Hayes, that's the beauty of YouTube. It's there yeah, forever. It's, it's, it's there it's, in it's perpetuity. Yeah. Lorenzo Hayes says, uh, to Luke, why is Raven your favorite wrestler of all time? I don't know much about him, but you're not the first person I've heard, call, heard called him their favorite. Um, this is to Ollie, but I'll pass it to you instead. Do you like watermelon or strawberries more? Uh, watermelon. Mm. Watermelon like a bit of water. Watermelon is delicious. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It's like a... It's, like a drink in a it's like a solid drink it's amazing it's amazing yeah um so hydrating why is raven my favorite wrestler of all time because i dressed like raven uh, essentially the, the 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 terrible argument that i've always had is that when i saw raven for the first time i was like oh my god he looks just like me because <laughs> i was i was just wearing the same band t-shirts and like you know the ripped jeans and everything i was like oh my god i'm raven <laughs> I'm, I, that's so me that's so that's so raven and so i was just like i just instantly gravitated towards him and then i love his promos i love mm. his promo style his feud with cm punk when they were in ring of honor oh my god it's some of the best stuff ever some of punk's best work some of raven's best work and i was a huge ecw mark back in the late 90s so it was just oh my god i just fell in love with him and i was like he's the best and then he came into the wwf and they didn't do great things with him but that's why he's not the best wrestler in the world. No, but I think but he's people, a great master of like, you know, telling a story. But I think he's that that exact same thing of like the 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 era was right right when Raven yeah. came I'll through you, yeah. and he was very counterculture and very anti-establishment. But then he was also in a hardcore brand, which other people felt was even more anti-establishment than being like, I like WWF. No, I like this alternative thing that yeah. less people like. <laughs> Yeah, just totally. good timing for Raven. I would, yeah, it's you're right. Great timing for Raven. He is a great storyteller. He has great attire, and he is a great sort of master of sort of manipulation. And he's a great promo. Um, he probably will never have a five star match, and he can't do a podcast to save his life. Yeah, <laughs> God, but go. God bless him. God love him. I love Raven. He's my favorite wrestler ever. His podcast is kind awful. <laughs> And that comes from someone who doesn't do a great podcast themselves. Uh, Razman Reality says, uh, hello, boys. On my favorite YouTube channel, In Ring Reality, I'm doing a video. Oh, sorry. On my YouTube channel, In Ring Reality, I'm it's doing a video. Well. It's probably your favorite yet. Yeah, to celebrate NXT's new era with the top five WWE stars to begin their career in NXT. And it got me thinking, is Becky, of course, it's a Becky question, Raz. Mm. That's all you ever ask is Becky questions. Is Becky the most successful WWE star to never win at the NXT championship? I can't think of anyone else who's gone on to success that never held at least one. I think it could be awesome for her to go back and capture the one championship she's never had. I don't know, but if they did, it would be awesome. Do you guys agree? Also, just wondering, uh, did I somehow miss my shout-out this month? I haven't done my name yet. Uh, I think you have had yours this month. Um, I'd need to go back and check, but I think, I'm think i pretty sure you've had yours this month already. In fact, actually, while you're asking that question, I will just double-check. 
So should Becky go back to NXT and capture the title? Well, it's just, or is she the most uh, successful NXT call-up to have never held a championship in NXT? Who else is there from NXT that's not really... Baron Corbin, he's king of the ring. Elias, he never won a title. Becky definitely is the most successful. No way, Jose. Becky headlined WrestleMania. Exactly, yeah. And won two belts. Yeah, she was Becky Uh, two belts. Yeah, no, Becky easily is the most successful... She's probably the most successful NXT call-up ever. Like, yeah, like she's definitely like top five. Oh yeah, definitely not, top yeah. five. Yeah, which is sure. Um, uh, I don't know if you have had your shut up this month yet, Raz. Um, I did a bit more time to look into that, um, but I'll have I'll have another further look. Probably into a bit it. easier to be one of the more successful uh, NXT call ups in the women's side of things. Oh though. yeah, there's yeah. a lot less people. Yeah. So like you know like Sasha Banks has had huge success in terms of how many titles she's had. Done nothing with them. But yeah, like, she's had a lot of titles. Charlotte's had loads. <laughs> Charlotte gets the belt every other week. She might get it again very soon. Yeah. Uh, Reese says, Hello, my lovely boys, having a lovely time under the watchful eye of our glorious King Chopper Whopper. I hope this finds you all well. Excuse me. Uh, so, with the assumption that Survivor Series will be Raw versus SmackDown, um, the potential top title matches could have Kofi versus Seth, Kofi versus Fiend, Brock versus Seth, Brock versus Fiend. What match would you like to see the most? It's kind of what we're discussing in the opening portion of this show. Uh, personally, I'd like to see the Fiend versus Kofi, as I feel the interactions between Bray and the New Day offers the best build. Since going in the past, they've been able to sell the Fiend as a terrifying threat, and I'm least interested in Brock versus Fiend, since I doubt Brock will take it seriously or lose uh, and making the Fiend potential feel silly kind regards from reese i think the only issue i have with the fiend new day thing and i think they'll do amazing stuff is we've just had randy revival Mm -hmm. and we've just had like every story they tell with the new day is somebody breaks down the new day and then they challenge kofi and that makes them the hardest challenger yet and it's like they're just if they're just going to do that story every single time yeah it is boring it is boring whereas you could have saved it for the fiend. Yeah. If, if this was ever the pl- like, if you ever planned ahead more than a month, WWE, God forbid, <laughs> you, you could have thought about this and been like, well, this would be a really good story to do with the fiend because the fiend could easily attack and take out Xavier and Big E. Yeah. In the lead up to a Kofi match, putting all the pressure on Kofi for this Survivor Series thing because not only is it like you got to do it for your mates, you got to do it for SmackDown, you got to do it for the the honor of this championship. That there's so much more in that mm-hmm. than being like oh randy orton and the revival might beat you um in answer to your question that the one i'm most interested in is fiend versus brock because mm. that's got so much but i i totally get why that's not the most captivating idea for people because like mm. as you say fiend versus kofi does sound good fiend versus fiend kofi sounds good but still feels like a foregone conclusion i just think the brock thing leaves the door open to, very to at least sit there being like well, they could go anyway. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, um, Raz, your channel will be on the SmackDown show. I've just worked that out. Uh, this comes in from Kenny, who says, or Kenny Jeffrey, I should say, not Macintosh, uh, to say, hi, guys, hope this question finds you well. With the first hour of NXT being shown exclusively on the USA Network, at least for the first two weeks, and the full show not being available to outside the US until the next day, do you think that WWE has gone too state-centric on the wrestling industry? Presumably, AEW on TNT, or whenever it'll be known as, it's actually going to be known as AEW, AEW Dynamites, we now know. Um, 
uh, will air uh, the day and date in all territories, e.g. on ITV4 here in the UK. Do you think this will lead to a heightened popularity of All Elite outside of America like the TNA enjoyed in the early te- 2010s? Either way, it'll be a great time to be a wrestling fan. Let's all celebrate with a little bit of the bubbly. Thank you for the consistent consistency, Kenny. It's one of those interesting things with that, though, as well, because WWE, like, WWE said we're going to war. And they have viewed the war in the same way that they viewed the war in the 90s with WCW. Like, they've, they've viewed it that exact same logical, like, it's a ratings war. It's not a ratings war. It's like, because ratings only count in America. Yeah. Like, this is a global brand war. Like, there are millions and millions of wrestling fans outside of the US that you could be selling your product to. And WWE only ever moves in, seems only ever seemingly moves into other territories when they're like, well, we just need to snuff out whatever's going on over here. Let's just yeah. strangle this until it shuts up. <laughs> Brit wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, the Brit wrestling scene's not it's, dead. It's Pete Dunn keeps telling me it's so. Fine. It's fine. Pete Dunn keeps telling me Brit wrestling's fine. That's why he's gone to America. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It was, it was safer for him. <laughs> um, I, I, do, I do agree that I think, particularly this NXT thing, because mm-hmm. this was. But clearly, like they just wanted to put out something that was going to counter AEW, yeah. And they're only doing it in America, even in Canada. Like it's not going to be on USA Network in Canada. It's still like it's only in America that it's going against AEW. Yeah. Everywhere else, AEW NXT's the day after. Yeah, such a weird, weird thing to have done. And like the report is at the moment that they had the option of going, you know, wait until Suits is finished, then you can just have your two hours. But they wanted to have a two-week lead-in on AEW before they started. Yeah, they wanted but to. They took the out. They took the really difficult option of having an hour on one network and an hour on another network, which in turn broke their network because too many people tried to tune into it. Yeah. Good going, guys. I guess. They're just. It's just. But it's, it's not a competition. Just, They're not at war. It's just a bit childish, isn't it? It's <laughs> like you already are the biggest thing. Like. They were never. They were never going to be bigger than you. Mm. They were. They probably weren't even going to steal a portion of your audience. They were just going to have a portion of your audience that also watched what they're doing, uh, and that's going to happen anyway. It doesn't matter how much counter programming you do. Yeah. Like, you've got a dwindling audience. They, there's an audience for wrestling. Like, they might grow because AEW exists. You never know. Yeah. Like, and on the UK side of things, I think AEW will do very, very well here. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm being very facetious. Brit wrestling is is not dead. There are so many good wrestlers in the in the British independent scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Rev Pro, in NGW, in Frontline, in WrestleGate Pro, there are so many good British wrestlers out there. You know, a- around this country, it's absolutely fascinating. And if AEW is not brilliant. bothered about having exclusive contracts with people, then they can feature them as well. It, well exactly. In a way the WWE can't. But they can come over here and be like, look, we got Omega, the Bucks, blah blah blah, blah. and people aren't going to go and flood to those shows because the problem is that with the British wrestling scene they've got at the moment is that all of the top guys the ones that sell tickets weren't or aren't allowed to be featured we've talked about this many times before mm-hmm. we've spoken to a lot of British wrestlers who aren't allowed to work certain shows because of wwe uk because of the nxt brand mm-hmm. they're not allowed to do certain shows they're not allowed to work with certain people storylines have had to been cancelled because of nxt uk it has had i'd argue a damaging effect on the british wrestling scene but AEW can just be here and be like, look, we've also got these top stars yeah. and they're going to sell out shows. The problem that like progress is a great example of this in terms of like the Brit wrestling scene that chapter uh, 95, the one that just gone that sold out and that sold out because it had mustache mountain. It had Pete Dunne. It had riddle. It had Keith Lee. It had Walter on it. Previously, 
and other chapters they've not sold out because they haven't had those names on it mm -hmm. and you you're trying to like build this new generation of people maybe this is where aw can like thrive in the yeah. uk scene because impact thrived in the uk because we didn't have a british wrestling scene really at that point it was very much in its inf infancy and it was trying to grow yeah. impact came over and you're like oh my god kurt angle jeff jarrett aj Styles, samoa joe mick foley and you're like oh my god now we're gonna go watch these shows because the, the stars have come yeah the big people have turned up like this thing is that like when they do raw and smackdown over here it's like what once or twice a year yeah but those shows don't really sell out and they don't really sell out because yeah. It's Raw and <laughs> Well, yeah, quite. Um, I saw we went off a bit of a tangent there. I, th I think I might have lost my initial points now. I do apologize. Anyway, James Huntley says, um, are you excited to hear all of these wrestlers and fitness people announcing that they play D&D &D to counter MJF? Also, when can we get your D&D podcast already? Seriously, just record your sessions and upload it. Not simple. We play in a very noisy environment at the moment. People playing uh, bloody Jenga. Yeah, we're, we're working on it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, also, we haven't got any time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to edit the damn thing. Um, but it has been really nice to see all of these wrestlers come forward and, like, you know, Joe Manginello to say, like, well, I play D&D &D, and look at me. Like, Nick Namath uh, posted mm. as well saying, like, like flexing, like, where do I learn to play D&D? &D? You know, sort of <laughs> it's been really fun, actually, to see how much D&D has been mentioned in the last couple last week or so. Mm -hmm. MJF's such a great heel. Oh, yeah. He got, he did, his tweet did exactly what it was meant to do. Oh, he's so good at working people. It's just wonderful. It, he's great. Uh, Eddie Brooks says, I feel WWE have kind of booked themselves to a corner with The Fiend. Like 90s, early 2000s Undertaker, I believe that uh, he will be at his best when he's not saddled with the belt. Um, he has to win at Hell in a Cell to not squander his momentum, but I think him having a title match at WrestleMania will do him no favours at all. Um, so, how about this to get around the situation? Fiend wins at Hell in a Cell, then runs rampant for the next three months with successful defenses against challengers at Crown Jewel, um, Survivor Series, TLC, and the Royal Rumble. He's put in a three or four way where they can have it interrupted by someone targeting Fiend, Taker please, meaning he is not involved in the de uh, deciding pinfall and he can focus on his new feud instead of uh, doing the big WrestleMania blow-off thoughts. I think you want to get him out of the title picture, like ASAP, in my head, just because... I just don't think he needs it. I don't. I don't think it was on his list of things to care about. And now, then you've suddenly got to be like, can the Bray Wyatt character care about this belt now? Mm -hmm. And you've got to make that because you, you have to make that seem important to him after he wins it. How are they going to do that? It's a tricky one. I I don't particularly like the idea of having the the fatal four way and having him not in the deciding factor. Yeah, because surely the fiend would just want to win the title back again, even if it is the Undertaker that stops him. Like you're still going to have to have the fiend want to get the title back. Yeah, because he never lost it. You build. Yeah, I think you build him up to a big loss. You need to have like when he loses the belt, it needs to be putting someone over of being like massively, massively. I'm the person that beat the fiend, Cedric. <laughs> That's what it's building to. <laughs> I, yeah, this so is I what, think, this is what's happening, Luke. It's Cedric. So I, I think you. Yeah, if the fiend is losing. It should be the person beating him for the title, and it should be, yeah, it should be a clean victory. And yeah, it should be, it should be a massive deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tattoo Coopman is um, open with a Riley Reid joke. Um, I've started my own restaurant, get better, but I'm skinny, fat, and have a dad bod, uh, but without the children, so I don't know how to update you guys with progress. I'm trying to make a comeback to Aussie Rules football, ball sports. Next year, after 10 years out, I'm a tattooer, and I've had to give up footy for my career, but I'm really excited to play it again and be fit again. Anyways, thank you for contributing to my gym motivation, and thank you for the consistent content. Shout out to all the Swafters and the Underswafters. 
That's nice. That's nice. It wasn't even a mailbag question. Just want to send in a rest talk, get better. Lovely stuff. And lastly, Shea says, do you think Matt Riddle will take the belt off Adam Cole or will it be Champa? And who's the next opponent for Johnny Gargano? I don't think Riddle will take the belt off him. I think Not we- in the match they're going to have in two weeks' time or whatever it is. If Riddle, if Riddle wins, which I think Riddle will win. Yeah, Riddle will win. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's next week, isn't it? Mm. I think that it will be Tommaso Ciampa to take the belt off Cole, and that will be at the WrestleMania takeover next oh. year. And then the- One year off when he was supposed to have defended the title. Yeah. One year off that he had to give the title up. It's just nice symmetry. It's a, It's... You can have Cole on a bit of a run then with the belt, you know, almost a year long run with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then he, and then Champa's the guy to win the belt back. But this time as the babyface, the conquering babyface, Tommaso Champa. That, that's, if I was fantasy booking, if I was speculating. I mean, they probably that's... need to change his music if he wants to <laughs> yeah. be the conquering. No one will survive. He's still going to get away no, with No, you this. can't. <laughs> Everyone is friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy go lucky. No one will um, so yeah, I don't think it'll be real to take the belt off him. But uh, I mean, what do you think? Uh, I think Champa is the right choice. I, I, I really do think Champa is the right choice. I, I think even heel Champa being like, "Well, I'm a bigger, be- I'm a bigger, badder heel than you are, yeah, mate. So, I'm a bigger belly than yeah, you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you suffer." <laughs> yeah, I, I think he. I think also you, you can't. Cole isn't enough of a heel in terms of just the way he's treated by NXT fans for people to back a really really clean cut baby face as we found in the Johnny Gargano uh, yeah. feud like people had already sort of moved when Johnny had his little wobble yeah, uh, to be like well we quite like Adam Cole now so the people were really torn about whether Johnny should win or Cole should win and I think actually it'd be quite nice to have a uh, kind of clear cut definition but you could do that by making Cole the de facto baby face and having Champa be the heel yeah because Champa is a much better heel um, that was a great snivelling heel. Yeah. And uh, what do you think for Gargano? What do you want to see him do next? God. Uh, That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. Maybe go for the North American title. I'd keep him out of the title picture for, yeah. for the moment. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I'd actually. But who would he feud with? Forgotten Sons. Oh, well, that's quite fun. As a way to like try and elevate that group. You mean not Shane Thorne? <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to talk about elevating talent, <laughs> yeah. you want to elevate his generic music. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the Forgotten Sons, they are an established act. But they need like some they, a big push out of them, and you can have goal, goal. You can have Gargano running through the minions. You run through Blake, and you run through Cutler to try and get to the unstoppable monster at the end of the road in Jackson mm. Riker. So yeah, I'd, I'd go Forgotten Sons. That's a good shout. I think it's imp- I think it's important probably actually to keep Gargano out of a title picture as well while you're doing stuff with Candice. Yeah, uh, yes. Until you yeah, absolutely what you do with Candice. Absolutely keep Johnny out because. Funnily enough, every time Johnny's doing something, Candice doesn't get to do anything. Yeah, absolutely, exactly, mate. Speaking of which, I actually am going to see an old friend this weekend. I'm going back to my old stomping grounds of Reading. So if you are in the Reading area, keep an eye out for me. I'm going to be in Reading Town Centre in the boozers, oh. having a couple of uh, having a couple of pints. Getting in. Larry. Well, I mean, I've got to get a train back to London, so I can't get too Larry. Getting. Yeah, sensibly Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Getting sensible, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm going to get responsible adult drunk. <laughs> I'm going to see one of my older friends, my oldest friends. Um, really, at this day, it's like nine years. Mm. Um, but we're going to go for a couple of drinks. So I'm very looking forward to seeing him because I haven't seen him for 
a year, 18 months maybe was the last time I saw him. No, no, tell a lie. It was at my birthday, actually. That was the last time I saw him. It was at my birthday, uh, my Stranger Things themed birthday party. Mm -hmm. But even then, like, I didn't really get a chance to chat with him because I had to chat to all of too many your bloody friends. Too much. (laughs) I didn't say invite them, did I? (laughs) Well, they're also my wife's bloody friends. And now they're my friends. I really like this (laughs) friendship group. I think George is smashing. (laughs) I think Gary's lovely. Well, you're an idiot. I feel Dan's one of the nicest blokes I've ever met in my life, and his wife's great. Stupid. (laughs) Stupid. Adam Mason's terrific. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But yes, that's that's my plans for the weekend. And then on Sunday, boy howdy, I'm having a lion and I'm doing sweet FA. Oh, the dream. In fact, I've bought Endgame. Have you? And me and the wife are going to sit up on that sofa. We're going to bring the duvet into the living room. Ponder sofa. Ponder sofa, and we are going to watch Endgame, and then I want to. I'm going to watch it again with the commentary, and then probably Ooh, watch the features. My lord! Well, she has you know a snooze. It's too much now. <laughs> well, it was fine when you said you were going to watch it in a duvet. I was in. I was into that. Can I bring you back? Go on. We're going to watch a Disney film. Which one? That we haven't decided. I'm almost thinking Mulan. Oh, I love Mulan. Because I've only seen Yay, it the once. Mulan. <laughs> I've only seen it the once. And I feel like I want to see it again. Because the once I've seen it, I thought it was pretty good. So yeah. I want to see it again. And you need to know that song. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because if you listen to our Ramble Club podcast that we did. Was oh, it Ramble Club? It was all. Yeah, well, I'm hoping it wasn't something else that went out to a wider <laughs> audience. <laughs> on this Christ. week's, uh, on this month, last month's Ramble Club podcast, our drunk show, um, we did sing Make a Man Out of You on karaoke. But... Only Laurie knew the words, and me and Pete just sort of stumbled our way through mm-hmm. it, and it was, oh, it was bad. It's quite brutal, the karaoke on that, because you always we start the show with the karaoke as well. Yeah. Uh, when we've not had any drinks. No. So, like, I don't know. I think there should be a pre-game for <laughs> Ramble Club. The kickoff show. I'm just, I'm, well, no, like, I'm, no, we don't record it. I'm just saying I want to pre-lash. Oh, like, right. Okay, I, you want to get like sensible to, drunk like to get first. to warm up. Yeah, I need to be, oh, Sensible yeah, Larry. Sensible drunk, and then I'll get sensible Larry for the first hour, and then <laughs> yeah. for the next bit, I'll get Larry Larry. Proper Larry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the way we'll do it from now on. We should go to the pub more often, mm. really, in the job that we have. There's yeah. a pub literally across the road, and it's a great pub. I feel like we could... We could record things there. That's yeah. like, I, this show could easily be done there. We could just <laughs> take a set and we'd just take the stuff and go over there. Like, yeah. it, at least it's cooler. It's quiet. It's in too there. hot in here. It's quiet in there during the day. I think we could do it from the pub. I think you got the right idea. I'll um, pitch it to Ollie. Yeah, uh, we have not got any emails to get through. I'm afraid. Oh no, we've got um, Blake's. I was actually going to read Blake's email for a change. Um, so, in fact, I will read Blake's email. Oh. Uh, it says, uh, first things first, here is my obligatory 80% fact. Blake's favorite comic book character is The Flash, specifically Wally West, which is even more interesting because Blake is said to be a descendant of the Greek god Hermes. Mm. Um, so he's got a barbershop window, which we don't get a lot on in the, uh, the barbershop window front. Uh, but he's got two that he'd like to share with us. Uh, the first story is when I was 11 years old. Each year, going into All-Star for baseball, I would get a mohawk haircut. However, this particular year, I wanted to spice things up by getting a number 13 shaved into the side of my head. As the woman was cutting my hair, she finished putting the number on the left-hand side. She moved to the right. Almost finished with the right, she suddenly stopped, went back to the left side, 
Then back and forth again, you know, without saying a word, but I could tell something was awry. I asked her what the problem was, and she realized that she had put a 13 on the left side and one E on the right side, <laughs> subsequently forcing me to shave both sides of my head completely. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be you asked for a 13 but she drew a 31 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give oh, it to me baby yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, my second barbershop window is from uh, this past Thursday and Friday although bearing in mind by the time I read this email out it was a long old time ago um, and it's less about the haircut but more about the aftermath I've been growing out my hair for about two years now and it's become a part of who I am at this point I often compare myself to Samson in that my hair gives me strength but due to me uh, looking after another job that would allow me to be home more often than my current one yet still gives me uh, the means to support my wife through nursing school and it would time to uh, uh, to get a cut it would it was time to get a cut <clears throat> anyway I went to the barber and I told him what I was looking for basically the Buddy Murphy best in-ring wrestler in WWE with the sides and the backs faded yet still long on top I thought this would look um, be it would look professional enough for me to explore other job opportunities so my barber worked his magic and I loved my haircut I looked thinner and younger I know I'm only 21 but I was told I looked mid to late 20s um, I just about looked like a brand new man I got home and waited to surprise my wife with my new haircut thinking she would also love it but that's not what happened uh, she has never been a fan of that particular haircut, but I thought it would be able to change her mind. Apparently not. She walked in the door, saw me, and said, Oh my god, that is the ugliest haircut I've ever seen. Whoa, brutal. I felt like Seth Rollins must have felt the night Dean Ambrose turned on him. She then pointed out to me that it would not be uh, professional enough for the job I'm looking to get. So now I sit here with 17.5 inches cut off, almost no hair left, and missing my lovely locks. Moral of the story, perhaps the best of us, me, uh, hits the bump in the road every now and again. Much love. King of the Swaff Nation, Blake from Texas. Wow. There you go, Blake. I read out your stupid email. Um, so he included pictures of this hair. He has not, but I think he might have done because he sent it twice. But th this is very interesting for you. So, see, here's the email, right? Mm -hmm. There's the email, text and everything. And then I scroll down. What's happened here? Oh, what has happened here? It's a lot of Blake, coding. You, you've and, got a virus. Yeah, a lot of gobbledygooks come through. Um, but I wonder if that was supposed to be an image and it's just sent through the code of said mm. image or just the matrix of um, said image. Uh, but yeah, there you go, Blake. We've now read out your email. You've also sent in a Rusev, hey, that maybe we'll get to at some point. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.